wasn't pretty unless you were in love with him. Then any time you met anyone with those same monkey eyes, monkey eyes, that burnt sugar skin, the face wider than it was long, well, you were in for it. His family came from Michoacan, all chaparritos, every one of them, even short by Mexican standards. But to me, he was perfect. I'm to blame. Flavio Munguilla was just ordinary Flavio until he met me. I filled up his head with a million and one carinitos. Then he was ruined forever. Watched different, looked people in the eye when he talked, ran his eyes across every pair of nalgas and chichis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Once you tell a man he's pretty, there's no taking it back. They think they're pretty all the time. <laughs> and I suppose in a way they are. It's good to do with, you know, believing it. Just, just the way I used to believe I was pretty. Before Flavio Munguia wore all my prettiness away. Don't think I haven't noticed my girlfriend back home who got the good lookers. They all look twice their age now. Old Romala Coraxes exploding inside their hearts and bellies. Because a pretty man is like a too fancy car or a real good stereo or a microwave oven. <laughs> Late or early, sooner or later, you're just asking for it. <laughs> know what I mean? Flavio, he wrote poems and signed them, Rogelio Velasco. And maybe I would still be in love with him if he wasn't already married to two women, one in Tampico and the other one in Matamoros. Well, that's what they say anyway. Who knows why the universe singled me out, Lupe Arredondo. Stupid are out among women. Stupid are thou among women. <laughs> Once I was as solid as a sailor on her sea legs, the days rolling steadily beneath me, and then Flavio Munguia arrived. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! What is your mission? That is the question at the center of our table. What is your mission? The goal here is not to disclose our mission, but to privately clarify it to fully appreciate all of its dimensions, as it were, and the quality of our intention. So far it has generated amongst us insights that might have escaped us individually were we not at this table, in this moment. You see, it is easy at a glance to import this question as one's mission in life and it might well be, but there aren't parameters provided here. Perhaps it is some lesser, more urgent, or necessary mission we are currently on. Perhaps it is a, a mission we have ascended to, or one we have been directed, or led, or just happened to be on. 
Our goal in this moment is clarity, privately. It just so happened that we arrived at this scheduled table during the curdling aftermath of Beirut's blast, a monstrous explosion. In one unanticipated moment, just like that, somewhere, everything changes. Two weeks ago, Dr. Abu Abid joined us on the journey and told us of how his father and the wars he grew through in Lebanon influenced his life's mission. He was scheduled to visit his mom, dad, relations and friends there in Beirut, uh, but opted to stay here to take care of his business under the stress of the pandemic. His mom, dad, and family relations were rocked by the blast, but alive. Some of his friends, tragically, are not. He is shaken, but he is also facing this question. It is not easy in this moment. We watched a bride blown off course by that blast. She is alive. We listened to her story. We watched a parent in the process of giving birth blown by the blast. Parents and baby are alive. We listened to their story. It is not easy in this moment. Yet the question sits here. What is your mission? Several doctors within our groups are sweating through the extremely competitive process of securing valued fellowships and residency in their preferred fields. They are not only facing the question. This is a life-shaping moment for each of them. 
so too some of our students vying for seats in their dreamed-of institutions. What is your mission? Amongst the insights shared around this question, what is your mission, is this common realization, at least here, some little thing, more often amongst us than any one big thing, bumps into us and alters the trajectory of our journey, or it turns out to be the most telling mix in the alchemy, if I should use such a word, of who we are and where we are. It is in the light of this realization that we have devoted this episode to the reflections of three artists who were on our show. Poet, dancer, and actor Priscilla Rice opened this segment. Uh, poet Ricardo Couchman and his daughter are allowing us the privilege of their private conversation. Then actor and poet Amir Razavi closes this episode for us. So, do you have uh, one thing that is having an outside impact on your mission? What is your mission? Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Karen, I have this uh, poem here that I'd like you to uh, listen to. You know, you, you tend to uh, listen to my poems and give me feedback on them. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to do that with this one. Actually, I, I wrote this one uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And um, you tell me what you think. Here goes. It's called The Woman in the Corner. Out of the corner she emerged, suddenly. Could you help me? I'm down and out. Of course, of course we could help you. Lowered shoulders, hands in her pocket, shivering from the cold in the dark corner. In the corner, the place of punishment. Put in her place, so to speak, 
in the corner, so guilty of being only poor. It was at the corner of the littered street, smelling of decay and sadness and stale piss. In the dark corner she stood, cold, indigent, sent there by us because she was bad. In other words, poor. In the corner, the place of rejection. Of course, of course we sent you there, so that we do not have to face our guilt. We hate having to look at you, your face, you with that wistful, lost look of the poor. It's for your own good, can't you see, so that we don't annihilate you, crush you. No, not because of what you are, but because of how you make us feel. We cannot stand the sight of you, so we sent you to the corner, in the corner the place of degradation. No, I am not homeless, you see. I live with someone. I'm just down and out. Who knocked you down? Who knocked you out? Well, it's not, not as if we don't know. We knocked you down. We knocked you out. Yes, we sent you to the corner. In the corner. The place where dumb asses are sent. $13. We will give her a dollar. Help. Help. Let's give her the 10. That will make us feel better. After all, it's a 10. Better than one. And we don't need it anyway. Go on. Give it to her. There. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. As she slouches back into her corner. In the corner place of humiliation and shame. Wow. So what do you think of that one? Uh, the whole time, I was thinking, because like, every time I go to internship, I pass this old lady in the subway, uh-huh. and she's always sitting there, like, every single day. And like, she's always sitting there, like, her feet crossed up, she's sitting on the floor, and she has, like, a cup, and then everybody's just passing, and I pass, too. I don't have money to give her, mm-hmm. but yeah, it reminds me of that. Cause she can't, she didn't like talk ever. Okay. So I thought I just gave her a voice, which is cool. All right. And you know what's interesting, Cara, is that, of course, this is about that, this is about a homeless person. But the interesting thing is, is that the homeless, uh, we have taken away their humanity, so to speak. And um, we have made them sort of amorphous. They have been depersonalized, dehumanized. I think because it's better for us that way. If we don't give them a face, if we don't give them a person them a personality, then we don't have to feel guilty. Or we don't have to feel responsible for them. So we talk of them as the homeless, you know, a homeless person. But, you know, it's amazing how many times as we encounter these individuals on the street, how many times do we pause to say, after we have given them something, hey, what's your name? See, we don't do that. And that's so unfortunate. Why are you, why are you afraid of homeless people? 
Why I like Russian about yeah. those people? Yeah, taking pictures of them. You know, it's uh, it's it's a it's an issue that is really uh, close to my heart, actually. Um, while I was growing up as a as a, as a child in Indiana, I remember that we would have. Uh, you know, we will have uh, we call them beggars. We didn't call them homeless persons. We call them beggars, and they'll be on the street, and they will come and they'll they'll ask for stuff. And actually, there was a guy who would help not too far from where we lived, almost just outside our front door. And my mother, uh, after she would have uh, cooked a meal, she would uh, you know prepare a, a plate and uh, uh, hand it to me to go give it to the homeless person. And so, you know, that sensitivity towards the condition of people who are poor was instilled in me from, from uh, a very, very long time. But then, sadly, though, there was a time in my life when I, this was, I think, when I was going through a, a time of, basically trying to find out, you know, where my place was in this universe. There was a time when I had a very callous attitude towards uh, the poor and the needy. I remember I'd be walking the street and someone would ask me for uh, something and I would simply look at that person with disdain and just uh, continue on my way. And in fact, I remember sometimes you know, someone would say, uh, could you uh, spare me a quarter or spare me whatever? And I would say something like, hey, you know what? I was just about to ask you for a quarter myself. So I had a very callous attitude towards uh, uh, needy people. As I said, that was a time when I was really going through my own transition and trying to find my place in the universe. But thankfully, I was able to uh, find that place. And you know what I realize now is that people, every single individual on this earth. People make sense. Life makes sense. And so when I see someone who is destitute, you know, I feel a sense of helplessness. I wish I could do more. I want to do, you know, all I can to, to help. And I realize that I'm powerless. And so I do what little bit I can. And um, I don't get on other people's cases if they don't. It's their, you know, it's their business, and they need to feel, you know, responsible, responsible one way or the other. It's not my place to make anybody feel guilty about their lack of uh, attention to or support for people who are indigent. Um, hopefully, they will come to, you know, the realization of what they need to do themselves. But for me. Um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's 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 sad to see people going about needy and trying to make ends meet. Um, I wish I could do all that I could to to help uh, people. You always say, you know, <laughs> I couldn't be be wealthy because if I were wealthy, I wouldn't stay wealthy. I'd probably be giving away everything to you know people that need it. But anyway, that's another. Story. If you like. If you had the power to do something, or if you like had a superpower, a superpower, then what what would be? If I had superpower, what would this well? If I had superpower, 
I certainly would be um, acting on behalf of, of the, the needy. I'd be a kind of a, uh, a, a superhero Robin Hood, so to speak. Um, I could see myself, uh, well, you know, I hate to say this, but uh, yeah, I could see myself uh, taking from the billionaires uh, yeah. to go help the poor, to go help the poor. Um, uh, I can see myself, uh, you know, doing everything that I possibly uh, could uh, to help them. But, you know, there are so many homeless and, and, and poor people in, in the world. You know, always, and every time I, I think of uh, what we call homeless individuals and in, in, in the poor, I think of my friend Mike. You remember Mike? Yeah, the guy who sits in, um, at the church. Well, no, not that one. That's, a, that's another I can't remember his name, but remember we did ask him his name. Um, but Mike was that uh, young man who uh, would... Uh, be in the subway station asking for money, you remember, and he was all dirty yeah. and and he looked very unkempt and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, every time I every time I see someone who is uh, struggling, Mike uh, comes to mind. And remember, I used to to tell you guys that uh, you know you never pass up an opportunity to be helpful to anybody who is um, in need, you know. And even if you don't have, even if you don't have something to give, just a kind word would uh, would suffice. And you know what's also interesting is, is that when I meet uh, a homeless individual on the street or or someone who is begging uh, to sustain him or herself, I sometimes I'm very conscious that as I'm giving them giving them uh, some money, I don't want to make contact with them because they look so dirty and, and and so what I started doing is, you know what, I started in, introducing myself and shaking their hands. And I remember the very first time that uh, I did that, you and Imani were with me, remember, with, with Mike and I, and I shook his hand, mm -hmm. all dirty and everything. And I think Imani always talked about that, about uh, what a powerful impression that, that made in her. And uh, as a result, she herself um, has sort of developed that sensitivity towards people who are destitute and in need. And so sometimes, like I said, even if you don't um, have something to give, a kind word or a touch, you know, or a hand on the shoulder or something like that, or or simply saying, listen, I'm going to be playing for you or something like that would be more than helpful. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. I pondered life.
See you next week.